football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports why do footballers pull their shorts up when they're about to take a corner kick presume it's a signal you would think same as Jack Burp I hadn't thought about that I hadn't thought that Uh, the corner kick is trading to the keeper's arms Uh, Philippe Auclair is with us French football journalist good evening Philippe Good evening to you, Nathan. Good why, evening, everyone. Why do why do footballers pull their shorts up when they're taking a corner kick? <laughs> is it a signal? It probably is. Actually, I was just thinking of it. I have to say, it made me laugh. But I, I was wondering if you if you pull the right thigh or the left thigh or both, does it mean in swinger, out swinger, far post, near post? I don't know. Um, we'll, ask Jack, I, I, we'll, we'll ask Jack Byrne uh, the next time we see him and then we'll have yes. a definitive. This is the question that football fans didn't even need the, uh, know they needed the answer to. But uh, <laughs> Shamrock Rovers, by the way, just had a great chance. We, sorry for half keeping an eye on that, but we'll give you our full attention right now, uh, Philippe. So we want to talk to you because uh, this story emerged on Tuesday that Kylian Mbappe was unhappy at Paris Saint-Germain and wanted to leave the club. And I, like mm-hmm. a lot of people when I first read it, assumed maybe something had come up in my Twitter feed from six months ago and had we not been through this already. And it's yes. been settled and he's calm and he's satisfied and Paris Saint-Germain are top of the league. And it looks as though that front three are having a bit more cohesion and himself and Messi are both managing to click. And mm-hmm. uh, then you read a little bit deeper and it seems that Mbappe isn't happy uh, with the transfer strategy from last summer. There's been a breakdown with his relationship with Neymar. Not happy where he's been asked to play by the new head coach, Christophe Galtier. Now, mm-hmm. this has been denied by almost everybody, it seems, since then, particularly Paris Saint-Germain and the club's sporting director, who says he's with Kylian Mbappe every day. He has never talked to me about leaving in January. It's not a statement from the player. It's from the press. And to have such information before a match like this is very dangerous. That's why I'm here to deny and say that Kylian Mbappe has never spoken to me or the president to leave Paris Saint-Germain in January. Where does the truth lie? (sighs) Wow. Um, There's a lot to unravel, (laughs) isn't there, in there? Um, First of all, uh, what we've learned, and which is a fact, is that that, uh, Mbappe's contract is not as long as we thought it would be as in the last year of the contract is actually an optional one so which means that he's got a little bit more leeway in terms of where he wants to pursue his career he's a very still a very young player and we all know where he wants to pursue his career uh, so that's the first thing to keep in mind the second thing is that yes uh, what is being said at the moment in french media about um, Uh, the atmosphere within the camp, uh, everything is absolutely true. It's a complete mess. And I have to say, I have to do a mea culpa because uh, in all honesty, um, I think when when I came on here to talk about PSG um, at the beginning of the season, I thought they were onto something because they had a manager which I thought was perfectly um, uh, capable of transforming them into the uh, European Cup winning our Champions League winning team that um, the owners, the Qatari owners wanted PSG to become. And the first matches certainly showed a PSG that was exactly that. Uh, they had changed their tactical setup uh, with three at the back. Uh, everything seems to be working. Messi was back in form. Neymar probably having the best season at PSG. Actually, I think probably his best season at PSG. Mbappe being still very 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 good but it, this was all a facade and this is what is what we're discovering now 
Um, the stories about uh, what's happening with Bappe and his manager and with uh, Nasser Al-Khalaifi and uh, Luis Campos and the people at the top of the club, unfortunately, I'm afraid it's true. And um, there is a genuine problem there. It seems that uh, pro promises were made to him, which is a very foolish thing to do to mm. a player about the recruitment and the type of system that they would adopt. Uh, in which Mbappe wouldn't be um, put on the wing, so to speak, and would be associated with the proper number nine up front, something like that. It's all a bit complicated and all a bit surreal, I must say. Uh, but it seems that all these discussions took place and that he decided to, you know, sign a new contract for PSG uh, when everybody expected him to sign for Real Madrid on the strength of the promises had been made. And these promises apparently were not kept. Now, this is something that wouldn't necessarily be so unusual. Um, there is an awful lot of toing and froing and uh, smoke screens and promises which, you know, cannot be kept. But what has come um, into the light over the last couple of days is something a little bit more serious and which explains I believe a lot of what has been going on which is the fact that PSG apparently um, have been hiring um, a PR company uh, called if you can believe it digital big brother uh, to create fake accounts uh, this is an allegation uh, which has been uh, published by the French um, news website Mediapart mm. and has been taken on by absolutely every single media in France, by the way. I want to reassure you, you're not risking, you know, anything. Well, I was just going to say that uh, Paris Saint-Germain released a statement completely and totally denying the claims I was about of Mediapart. <laughs> uh, they say that they've never contracted with an agency to undermine any person or institution. Yes, indeed. Um, unfortunately, uh, or not unfortunately, but um, a former employee uh, of that particular company explained that, uh, or told Le Parisien, which is a you know a, a French daily, which is very close, follows very closely PSG, that in fact that's what he said. That's not what we are saying. That everything that they had done, which is creating these fake media, uh, social media accounts which were basically saying very bad things about Kylian Mbappé, among other people, and journalists who were not necessarily favourable or not favourable enough to PSG. Everything was done uh, in collaboration with the club. This is quote-unquote, by the way, from the piece in, published in Le Parisien today. Um, so this story is going to run and run, basically, uh, because I would imagine that Kylian Mbappé had some prior knowledge of what was going to be published in Mediapart and Le Parisien and now Le Figaro and everywhere in the French press. And I think that his reticences, um, which have been made public over the last few days and few weeks, perhaps should be seen in a different light when you know what is going on in the media landscape in, in, in France. But in any case, Nathan, it's basically chaos. <laughs> it's a mess. We thought they had finally found some kind of equilibrium. They've got a great manager. I, I genuinely believe that Christophe Galtier is a perfect manager for them. Uh, Messi was back in form. Neymar was fantastic. Uh, Bappe was finding his form, let's put it that way. And then suddenly this, you know, makes everything completely almost, I mean, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah.
Uh, French it football is mad, Philippe, isn't it? French football is absolutely insane. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at insane, English football yeah. and how crazy everybody went for the uh, Wagatha Christie trial. And now <laughs> you look at this and you think of French yeah. football in the last few years where you had the Benzema oh. Valvena scandal, like yes. everything that's gone on with Paul Pogba in the last few and weeks. The French Federation had, the, uh, yes, French Federation as uh, well. And now this, uh, it's mm-hmm. absolute insanity. <laughs> Can yeah, but it's, it's to be honest, it's a bit the same in 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 England. I think that the libel laws have got a lot to uh, uh, to do with the fact that we perhaps do not unearth the same stories in right. the United Kingdom as we do in France, where we've got a little bit more leeway uh, in the media. But I have to say, yes, you're quite right. It's been absolutely crazy. Uh, so go back to the summer then, Philippe, and those weeks where it looked as though it was a done deal that Kylian Mbappe was leaving Paris yes. Saint-Germain and decided to turn down Real Madrid and it seemed completely stunned Real Madrid it was so far along that they expected that this deal was going to happen uh, yep. how and why did he stay at that moment and just how watertight were those guarantees that he seems to have been given that became pretty public quite quickly that he was almost a de facto sporting director at the club and that no major decision would happen before he knew. Like, Is that something that was ever written down or was that, as you say, just part of a negotiation that Paris Saint-Germain clearly seemed to have got badly wrong that they'd ever be held to account for? I would, I would love to be able to give you a positive answer to this because it would mean that I would have access to the contract hmm. that Kylian Mbappé signed with PSG and I'm afraid I don't have access to that. Uh, what I have access to is some information uh, from people who are close to what happened and they all said that it was quite clear that in the discussions which took place between Mbappe and and the club it was made clear that the the player would have a a great deal uh, you know he would have his say in the way things were being done and he would have a status perhaps not unlike the status that uh, Lionel Messi had for example at Barcelona in his last few years there uh, in, which is an informal status, but it's unsaid, but it means that if you take a big decision in terms of recruitment, you talk to the main player, uh, as in Kylian Mbappe, who is supposedly, given his age, which is quite natural, uh, is supposed to be the future of this club. You know, Lionel Messi is not eternal, as much as we might regret it. Uh, Neymar is getting on a little bit. He's has a, He had a renaissance this season, but... How long will it last? Bappe is the future of that club. Mm. So they, they were desperate to, ki- to keep him, which explains why he apparently got an absolutely humongous signing on fee and why they were prepared to give him guarantees, at least verbal guarantees, that his opinion uh, would matter a great deal when they, take, when they took decisions uh, which affected uh, the team as a whole. And what he's not too happy about is that what he had been told at the time, informally, is not something that the club has done. Uh, they have opted for uh, taking basically the team of LOSC, of Lille Olympique, who were champions at the expense of PSG not that long ago. Christophe Galtier, the manager, and Luis Campos, the sports director, bring them in, which I think was an excellent idea. But it hasn't worked out perhaps the way they wanted it to. And um, it seems like this club cannot... Uh, has to be dysfunctional to function and some clubs are like that Chelsea is like that in used to be like that uh, in England certainly under Roman Abramovich everything was always crisis convulsion 
um, resolution of conversion crisis title 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 it was always like that mm. PSG is a bit like that but without the European title they're craving it, it, when you say it's it's not working out obviously with the Mbappe side it's not working out but they are top of the league they haven't lost yes. a game so far uh, they're nope. scoring a hell of a lot of goals and they're not really conceding many goals uh, in the Champions League alright they've had a couple of draws with Benfica but they're going to qualify for the next stage so as you say it does look from the outside as if Galtier is doing a good job uh, and it may be a remarkable job if all of this is going on behind the scenes and he's still getting them to perform and it's Neymar's best season at the club Messi delivering this year in a way he didn't last yep. season what sort of on-pitch influence does Mbappe hold with the team from from your understanding and from what you've seen like is is there an acceptance around the club, even with the giants of the game, such as Messi and Neymar being there, that Mbappe is still the main man? Well, that, that's a bit of a problem because, um, in a way, uh, Messi and Neymar have been uh, producing more than Mbappe has done since the beginning of the season, certainly for for PSG, Neymar in particular. But Messi has been terrific at times. And it, it seems that there is a breakdown, shall we say, of communication between those two and uh, and Kylian Mbappe. Um, it's been remarked upon, for example, by analysts, statisticians, when they look at the number of um, um, goal chance creating passes that one was doing to the other, that it seems to be very much a two-way traffic between Messi and Neymar, and Neymar and Messi, and then Mbappe is not really part of a triangle, which, which is what Galtier would have expected and would have hoped for. And which is the way he's, you know, the way the reason he's, he's deployed his team as he has, as a kind of three-four-three, is precisely to find a way to have those three together and combining together. And to be honest, it was quite promising. But in this um, setup, Bappe is not the main man, and quite clearly there is uh, an ambition to be the main man. Uh, so you've got a zone of friction here, uh, friction here, which as as long as the club and the team win, you know, it's not too much of a problem. But when you add to that what we've learned over the last couple of days and we realize, oh, there have been problems in the background that perhaps we were not aware of. And also those promises which were made to him in the summer to um, convince him to stay at PSG, I think many people at the time thought that was a lot of, um, you know, media fluff. Well, maybe it was not. And and it's now hitting home. And it's hitting home as well, four weeks before the beginning of the World Cup, mm. which is not exactly great timing for the French team, which has already got all these problems. And, um, uh, I mean, too many to mention, to be honest. We would need the whole evening to mention the problems that the, the French team has at the moment. And this 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 explains that. And um, and and again, we are in a situation where every time with PSG, when we think they finally found a balance, and we thought that with Carlo Ancelotti, and we thought that with Laurent Blanc, and we thought that with Mauricio Pochettino, up to a point, uh, we felt that with T Thomas Tuchel. Every time we think they've got there, they manage. Um, if you excuse the expression, it's twenty one twenty six. They manage to screw it up. Yeah, well, I guess when you dance with the devil, as they tend to on a regular basis, it seems uh, problems mm. problems are just around the corner. Uh, yes. In terms of Mbappe's 
personality and I know it's very hard to get access to players and we have to you know watch from afar and believe what we're fed yes. at times like does this seem out of character the way he's been yes, acting over the past so. year yeah uh, certainly a, a change uh, because one of the things I think most people um, took to to Kylian Mbappe uh, to start with was first of all he's a really really smart young man uh, he's very courteous he's very funny he's extremely articulate um, he can talk, I think, about anything with anybody and he will not sound condescending or he will not sound ignorant. He's really, you know, he's really something else. But one thing that um, perhaps caught people's imaginations and hearts was uh, uh, the joy he, he took in, in his own skill. And, uh, and this seems to have been a bit lost. And we're now seeing another side of him that perhaps wasn't there before. He's still so young, but which is perhaps a little bit more manipulative, uh, which is perhaps more um, cynical than we when we thought, more narcissistic, more ego, egotistical, uh, which is something we didn't really want to be there, but which is part probably of the armory of any player of that dimensional caliber. He has to protect himself. And you've got to think of the, the way that he's built his career. He's built his career with the help of a very, very small group of people. I mean, getting to him is almost impossible, to be absolutely honest. Right. With you. Uh, who who are almost, the people I mean, close to him? Um, I mean, his, his parents. That's it. His parents and his right. lawyer. And uh, once you've said that, you've said pretty much everything because you will, I, and I've come across that, you will talk to somebody who's been presented to you as being close to uh, Kylian Mbappe. And you start talking to that person, then you realize, oh, in fact, he knows the assistant to the dad, or he knows somebody who works for the same practice as the lawyer, you know, something like that. So to get to him is incredibly difficult. He's got this kind of a very, very small Praetorian guard, wrong image. There were loads of Praetorian guards in the Praetorian guard. There are only three, four of, the, of these people who actually deal with what really matters and who protect him. And they've been trying to um, define his career from a very, very early age. And when I say that, I'm talking about Mbappe when he was 10, 11 years old. And it's all been put in place. It's been done very, very well indeed. But they, they had also done it in such a way that they would protect his, not his innocence, but his, um, the fact that he would keep his feet on the ground and so forth. And at the moment, the impression we get is that what they had managed to do um, is not quite um, what is happening at the moment. That we are seeing a new M a new Bappe who is not quite, as, by the way, as efficient and potent on the football field as he's been. Uh, who is more indisciplined, which is something we already felt in his game last year. And um, who perhaps has an, an idea of himself, uh, which is not conducive to uh, the best of relationship with this club because he's very much presenting himself as being the uh, you know the crux of that club and um, and he's not if it is January then and there it, it, it's a different build up to yeah. a January transfer window because there's the World Cup between now and then and yes. you know maybe players are away from their clubs for a while and it's a bit easier to make these sort of decisions how different a transfer would it be to Real Madrid in January compared to last summer in terms of transfer fee in terms of other clubs potentially been interested 
I, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, I, I really don't think it's going to happen. Uh, to be honest, I think we're looking at next summer. If anything is going to happen, I wouldn't put anything past <laughs> PSG or Mbappe at this stage. To be absolutely honest, it might be, you know, uh, on it. It might be as well that the nascent scandal that we have about this army of trolls, which who have been mm. allegedly employed by PSG is turning into a really, really big scandal in France, in which case it's going to be very difficult for PSG to keep uh, Mbappe. If it's, you know, imagine if for one second, and this is a hypothetical situation, obviously I am not accusing PSG of anything, but imagine for one second that a PR company directly employed by PSG uh, answering PSG uh, for their strategy, their tactics, decided to target one of their own players named Kylian Mbappe, I mean, come on, you've got to go. Mm. I mean, there's... I, it, it, well, there's you no assume way. the club are but preparing it, for him to go if that's the situation. Yes, that's what they're I, I, I know. I know. It's basically an absolute mess. It's a typical PSG mess. Uh, I would I would say that at the moment it looks as if, if anything is going to happen, it's going to be at the end of the 2022-2023 season, not in the winter, uh, in the winter transfer window. What about Lionel Messi's future then? There's been a lot of speculation that he, yeah. he could return to Barcelona next summer yes. and finish his career back there. Is that looking like a likely scenario? Um, likely, I don't know, like a possibility, yes. There's also a court case uh, which is going to be heard in not too long about the transfer from Barcelona to PSG. It's it's, it's really a bit bit messy apologies for the terrible pun but it's it's a little bit messy as well in this particular um, case uh, on the other hand uh, he's been playing some really very very good football uh, with PSG and he's actually one of the reasons the foot the quality of the football that he's been playing for PSG is one of the reasons why many people think and I'm one of them that Argentina are really really good bet for for the World Cup so that's how good he's been uh, the, the first season which was so frustrating for him because of all the injuries and stop, start, stop, start constantly. Uh, that's not been the case. Um, we, we're seeing the real Messi again. Uh, and um, yes, I mean, it, 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 is a, it is a possibility. But again, uh, a lot will depend on how what, what's happening to that crazy club because so many rumors are flying around. I mean, don't forget there were rumors as well as uh, the Qataris past the World Cup deciding to put the club for sale mm. for example that, that's one of the many rumours which have been circulating and unfortunately uh, or not by the way uh, it seems that the club cannot shed this identity of incompetence excuse me but that's the word that comes to my mind and I think it is the right word and it might be that one point Messi has had enough and decides you know what going back to my my hometown, as it were, Barcelona. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, as you say, post the Qatar World Cup, because if Mbappe yeah. leaves, if Messi leaves, Neymar is over 30 now. It, yes. There was an assumption, you know, even up to recent months, that you know, Paris Saint-Germain could go on and, and dominate European football and command the very best players could still in the world. I mean, like, is that, it, 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 we did a piece recently on how, you know, football transfers are almost overtaking the matches as being the most main talking point and the main interest uh, for people who follow football now. But the potential knock-on effect from an Mbappe move in terms of the best players in the world post the World Cup, you'd imagine it's going to spark many, many transfers. You would. 
Uh, absolutely, and and but we are entering a kind of uh, uh, almost kind of Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones dimension here, um, because it's fantasy. It genuinely is fantasy football. Because uh, at the same time, you've got all the rumors, and good lord, I, I've heard those rumors many a time about uh, the status of Hurling Holland at Manchester City and the fact that. Uh, Real Madrid have got a very strong interest in in him and that in two seasons time or one and a half season time they could be coming to knock at the door and there is a clause in his contract it's absolutely crazy really Uh, but when it comes to PSG what you've got to realize is that it's a club which has now um, it's got it's got itself amongst the five richest clubs in the on the planet Um, you might not like the way it's managed to do that I don't uh, I think it's not necessarily commendable. I think it's questionable, but the fact is they are. And therefore they can do things that other clubs simply can't do. State-sponsored clubs can do things that no other clubs can do. Manchester City, okay, people say it's not state-supported. It's owned by the you know, brother of the president of the UAE and who is uh, himself vice prime minister and minister of presidential affairs. Uh, then you've got Newcastle, obviously, with uh, PIF and, and the Saudis, and then you've got PSG. These these three clubs are in a different dimension altogether. And therefore, what they want to do, they can do, because they've got the means to do so. So I wouldn't make any bets about what's going to happen with PSG. It can be that they, can, they find the money to make an absolutely crazy offer, um, which, and it, which convinces Bappe to stay beyond... Um, you know the what should be the natural length of his contract and carry on it's totally possible it's it's possible that they go in with a crazier i mean they did it for neymar remember you know when they got neymar who actually believed that they would get him at hmm. the time i i i didn't for a long time i thought this was crazy barcelona would never never get rid of somebody like neymar and they did so yeah, it's uh, it, it's completely unpredictable, and I, unfortunately, it's not the kind of unpredictability that makes you love football. No, no, I suspect even yeah. uh, in a way, it feels quite depressing that we're already talking about Erling yeah. Haaland's future at Manchester City two months in, <laughs> and almost uh, preordained yes. plan that he will move on to another super club for another massive fee, and he'll spend three years there and return somewhere else, and the money just keeps circling between exactly. the same five or six clubs constantly. History is made by the Republic of Ireland. I'm honestly speechless. I mean, we're going to a World Cup, but it's what dreams are made of. For all the best reaction to the girls in green qualifying for the World Cup, subscribe to the OTB Football podcast stream now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Uh, you mentioned Manchester City, of course. Uh, they do need to bring money into the club. They do, do need to pay their way. And uh, they've got many partnerships, many sponsorship deals. Uh, many have. of them uh, with companies associated with Abu Dhabi. And uh, also a new betting partner in recent weeks, which you've been writing about. A partner yes. called 8xBet, uh, who seem to operate from the UAE. But there seems to be very little known about. What can you tell us about this and why it's interesting? 
Uh, it's very interesting indeed for, for many, many reasons. I mean, the, one of the main reasons is trying to understand how it's possible for gambling companies which operate mainly uh, in, in the Far East, which means operate mainly in countries where gambling is illegal and actually criminal can actually, if you gamble, you can end up in jail if you are in a, a Chinese citizen or a Vietnamese or Thai citizen, Malaysian, so forth. But there are companies which... Um, make an awful lot of money out of uh, taking bets on sport, particularly football, and obviously the Premier League is a prime target for that. And what Premier League clubs, especially big clubs, can give those bookmakers who are illegal and many of whom are controlled by criminal organizations, and I say that on the record, and believe me, this is the truth, the UN says so too. Um, they can find a, a form of... A, a, I mean, they can justify their existence and, and they can give them respectability by teaming up with clubs who might not be aware and who, yeah, might not be aware of their true nature. And it's something which has fascinated me for a long time and with a few friends and uh, an investigative journalist, uh, we have looked into that and we've looked into the case of Bet, which is uh, happens to be the... Uh, the company that Manchester City has signed a deal with as their Asian betting partner. Now, there's already a problem there because betting in Asia, as I said, mm. is illegal in most countries. That's a, the that's a first problem. Uh, the second problem is that this company has got uh, a license to operate in the UK. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to be a sponsor of Manchester City. Uh, going through an Isle of Man company, which is a what's so-called white-labeled company. You know what la white-labeled companies are. It's like when you go to the supermarket and you buy the local you know, the um, Asda, Tesco, whatever, baked beans, they're made by another company, but which is kind of the white label. So basically these people are agents. So somehow these companies, um, which should never be allowed to operate in Britain, uh, uh, get a license through an agent. But fine, I mean, okay, up, up, even up till, up till then you think it's, it's a bit dodgy. Um, but when we looked closer, more closely, we realized this company actually doesn't really exist. And we also realized this company seems to be operated from a by a PR agency which is working in Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates. And it doesn't seem to have genuine existence. And it's something that, you know, bothered us because it's something that is replicated all through the landscape of the Premier League and many other leagues, by the way. Sorry, Philippe, uh, so when you say it doesn't you. exist, so I've just put in adexbet.com uh, onto the computer here and it brings you through yep. a first page, which looks like a regular uh, front page for a betting site. And then I click on another link for football and it says access is restricted. Your current location yes. is restricted. Contact or customer service. Is that yeah. as far as you can go anywhere in the world? Or are there no, no, no. We actually looked into that and we actually used, you know, used various methods and mm. techniques. I'm not going to go too much into details because I don't necessarily want to explain how we work. Uh, but we accessed uh, this, these websites in their iterations in Southeast Asia, uh, for example, in Vietnam, in Thailand. And they constantly change, you know, it's like, um, you know, imagine the game of whack-a-mole, right? Yeah, uh, because the authorities there want these people not to operate because it's illegal. Basically, it's illegal. So every time that one particular website uh, is identified and closed, another one goes up, another two, another 10, another 100. 
the, the numbers are absolutely extraordinary. And the crazy thing for this particular sponsor is that they seem to have all these iterations. Their offices, we looked at them. I mean, their, their head office, we located one of them, uh, was in a mobile phone shop in in a very, I mean, grotty phone shop in in Da Nang in, in, in Vietnam. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and, and, and basically, English football is taking in an awful lot of those gambling companies which target Asian customers in particular without any proper due diligence. That is what I say. We've put the question to them on a number of occasions. We've put the questions to the Premier League. We've put the questions to the UK Gambling Commission on a number of occasions. We've never had proper answers to that. And it's rather sad if it comes down to a team of journalists, I mean, Steve Mannery, Andy Brown, Jack Kerr and myself in this case, um, to go down and investigate those guys and to say, hello, hold on a second, you've just signed a deal with the company that doesn't seem to really exist and might be, and I said might be, a money laundering operation. And we've done that for a number of others. I mean, at one point, I mean, Nathan, I mean, last year we, we found <laughs> a company called Yabo Sports, which sponsored uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, Leicester, PSG, Manchester United, you name it. Biggest names on the planet, Argentinian Federation. And when we looked at what they were doing and we looked at the uh, contracts they had signed and we could find pictures of, you know, signing ceremony. And uh, we looked at the CEO who was supposed to be there. And when we did a little bit of research, we realized that the CEO was a male model, an actor. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not inventing this. If... <laughs> It's it sounds crazy, but it's absolutely true. Um, it's 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 all what are, the, what are the clubs saying? Like, what are the clubs when you go but to the club? Don't say a thing because nobody says a thing. So and, what they're and, doing and, is the money comes in and then they yes. know, they say sponsors for a year and they move on. They get another bet, betting partner next year. Exactly. I mean, and some of those betting partners, to be honest, have been there for a long, long time. Uh, I mean, uh, I think Fun Eighty Eight, uh, whom you will see on uh, Newcastle shirt. I've been in the game for a long time. I think their first deal was, was Tottenham Hotspur back in 2007-2008. Uh, apologies if it was 2006-07. But they've been around for a long time. And also those brands, you know, they there are loads of brands, but uh, we are almost convinced that, um, or we are convinced, that those brands are actually iterations of a, a few major operators who happen to have, you know, different brands. Uh, just like uh, when you look at what Nestle has mm. and you realize, oh, it's Nescafe and it's this and it's this and it's that, you know, it's exactly the same thing. And when it comes to the English clubs um, and, and clubs on the continent as well, what these people come to them through agents, basically, uh, who are based in the UK. And they propose quite a lot of money, more money, perhaps, than any other sponsor of that kind would propose. So the temptation, especially you're coming out of COVID. Uh, the financial state of football is a little bit dodgy, shall we say, for many clubs. Somebody comes to you and say, I'm going to pay you five million quid to put my name on your shirt. That's two million more than anybody else. You do your due diligence as in, oh, who's talking to me? Who's doing this? No criminal record, no bad debt. That's fine. Sign. You don't go further than that. But in fact, you know, you should be going further than mm. that. And apart from the fact that you're sponsoring well, that you're sponsoring 
that you're giving credibility to an activity which, let's be absolutely frank here, is illegal where it is being pursued. These are not British or European-based gambling companies. They are targeting Asia, where gambling is illegal. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, 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 sometimes I get the feeling we're hitting our heads against the wall here, banging our hands against the wall, because I, I know this represents imp money which matters to English football, well, to some clubs, that is. But on the other hand, I'm just wondering, how is it possible to ignore this? You know, we've banned smoking, advertising for smoking and alcohol. Why don't we ban advertising for companies which, to be honest, are very questionable, to say the least? And I'll keep it at that. And um, I'll just say one thing, Nathan, if you want to know more about it, that this is my little advertisement. Go right? for it. Uh, uh, thank you very much. That's very kind. Uh, a lot of the investigation that Steve, Andy, Jack and myself have done in this uh, is uh, has been presented on a on an English-speaking um, Norwegian website called Josimar Football. Josimar, you know, as the famous Brazilian player? Yes, yeah. Josimarfootball.com. Uh, you can go there and you'll find loads of our, you'll find all of our stuff there. And uh, I, I, and I have to say, I, I have to thank you, Nathan, for, for giving me a, a chance to talk about this because uh, we found it very difficult, even though we believe that it is a very, very important topic to discuss, especially in the light of the gambling review happening or not happening, as it were, in the UK at the moment. Well, there's so many parts uh, to it, Philippe. Uh, uh, we might actually come back to it again at some stage, because as you said, I would the, love to. There's the question marks over uh, gambling firms on jerseys, and then there's actually where oh, the money is coming gosh. from. And the second you click on a link as to why these companies that nobody knows anything about, that don't seem to really operate, why they would want to spend all this money uh, with football clubs. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, Philippe, but uh, it's been a pleasure at always. Uh, it's been my absolute pleasure, and thank you again for this opportunity to uh, vent my bile. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. The beautiful game, eh? Philippe O'Clair Yes, indeed. There. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.